Welcome back to Never Read the Comments, the podcast in which we explore the ways the internet and social media is used to effect positive change. My name is Ellen Jones and today I'm here with the lovely hosts of the brilliant podcast And Nobody Dies in This One, which explores queer relationships and how they're depicted on screen, in books and across our media. The hosts, Siobhan and A, were absolutely lovely to talk to and it was really a really wonderful and insightful discussion both about how the internet has brought us together and had really encouraged um, loads of us into trying new things and also meeting up in real life and the way that uh, the real world and the internet overlap and intersect. We also talk a lot about something called Ruckus Retreat which was where we all met for the first time and where both of our pods um, started really. So. If you want to know more about that, you can find the information all about Records Retreat in the description down below. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. So, would you like to introduce who you are and what it is that you do, both separately and together? Yeah, so I'm Siobhan. Um, I do several things, but none of which make sense. Um, so, a couple of days a week, I work as a one-to-one support worker. I also am a freelance musician. I do lots of community music projects, so I work primarily with people with mental health needs, um, dementia. I do a lot of work in prisons as well. I'm A. I am currently uh, not doing much. I finished... <laughs> I finished my master's a couple of months ago, decided to take a few months off because I've done the whole of education really quickly and now I'm, I'm young and I'm not sure I'm ready to be an adult yet. So I've been doing a lot of personal projects, uh, one of them being the wonderful podcast that Siobhan and I host that we'll get to in a bit. Um, but other than that, I try to think about making documentaries. Uh, that hopefully will be where my life takes me in a while. I also do a bit of... of graphic design on the side um they made the logo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's 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 me i guess and um together the coast behind the brilliant podcast and, and nobody, nobody dies in this one, one. <laughs> I'd like to tell everyone particularly perhaps um my cis het audience what that podcast is about Ooh. and be- the meaning behind the title um so it's basically we wanted to have a platform where we could share queer love stories with happy endings because a lot of the time in mainstream media you either don't see any queer people or when you do they die and uh, we didn't think that was great representation or actually very reflective of actual queer relationships happening in the real world. Yeah, we were kind of all sat around a fire at the Ruckus Retreat, which you should Google, it's great, and give all your money to it if you're rich. Um, and try and get Rowan and Krish on this. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah, if you have money and you want to donate to a brilliant cause that like unites young creatives and gives them opportunities to make, make great podcasts. Make, make, make great podcasts and collaborate, you should definitely check out the Ruckus Retreat. Uh, but yeah, we all sat around the fire and everyone started talking about their own relationship and there were just so many lovely queer stories of just people being queer and being great and being in love and happy. And we kind of both realised that we'd never really seen that before and that was the kind of media that the world needed. So we decided to make it. And also earlier in the day, we'd been to a podcasting workshop yes. by the wonderful Lena Norms. Um, and so we sort of just looked at each other and jokingly said, <laughs> we should do a podcast about this 
and two days later we'd recorded the whole of the first yep. series. <laughs> that also happened with me and Greg. Greg decided that he wanted to make a podcast about Pokemon and then we just like took a room and got a mic and I talked about po- po- Pokemon and socialism for an wow. hour, which wasn't what he was expecting. He was like, oh, I'm just going to do like a trial run. You're going to ask about your favourite Pokemon. And instead I thought we were talking about like utopian ideals. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that happened a lot at Ruckus in that people sort of went there with the ideas of what they wanted to do, what they wanted to create. And then they did none of that. Yeah. Came away with like completely different projects with people that they'd only met like 48 hours earlier, but then spent like a whole weekend in like a cupboard. It's great. Literally. I I mean, I'm so grateful that I went on basis. Like, I went, it's a very weird position of being an activist. And then, because I'm not really, like, I'm not a creative in the conventional sense. A lot of what I do is about conveying messages in ways that are good for whatever message is. So. And I went there, like, very burnt out by a lot of, like, heavy work I've been doing. And then I don't think I would have survived, like, the last six weeks of, like, press and MTV stuff had I not had Ruckus to be, like, helping me work out who I was, what I was about, what I was doing. Um, yeah, I, I sort of went to Ruckus at a bit of a weird time as well in that I'd finished my master's about 18 months before and then... Like, and I'd done a master's in creative writing and then not done any writing since I'd submitted it. And I was like, should I try and do some writing, maybe? But it was at a time when I was I was um, doing lots of freelance work and was at home a lot. And I just couldn't make myself be like, right, my office is a space where I'm going to sit and I'm going to do some writing. Because it was like, this is a place where I'm going to sit and do emails and get stressed about ordering generators for events. Um... So, so when I saw Ruckus advertised, I was like, yes, this is what I need. I'm going to go there and I'm going to write and I'm going to do all these things. And then didn't do any writing, but made a podcast instead. Yep. So That's the thing. Did you both find out about Ruckus through the internet? Yes. yes. Of, course. of course. Of course. <laughs> and I think this is... People... I think a lot of people see the internet as something that stays on the internet. But for us, the relationship between the URL and the IRL is quite flexible it's yeah i gen- generally find out about events through the internet um i make friends through the internet i mean we knew each other from the through, from the internet yeah. like tangentially and like it's weird because you getting to ruckus i was like i had no idea who was gonna come like obviously you never really know and then i got there and I it was half the people i knew like more people than i thought i would yeah. got to ruckus and then People were there, and I kind of knew faces, and like I knew you, but like I felt like I knew you, but I didn't actually. You'd never met you. We'd never never met. met. Um, I think that's really interesting. Do you think, especially for queer people, that the internet is an important resource? Of course it is. I don't think I'd be out without the internet. No, this is the thing that I often think. Yeah, I've been out six years on Thursday. Oh, cool! You have a date, (laughs) and I have a date. Twenty-three minutes past eleven. Jesus, Um, are you just like? suddenly announce it to everybody how does no, that work um, i wrote it down on a note uh, well like it's for the first time but like i wrote it down on a note in a religious studies class wow so yeah. goals yeah <laughs> that but i wouldn't be out me under their wing whether they knew it or not but like i needed them yeah and now i have like my younger ones that come <laughs> i'm like looking after <laughs> i feel like it's very like i feel like it i don't know if you agree but the internet facilitates kind of communication that you don't necessarily always have in your local vicinity with older LGBT people. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, before I went to Rutgers, I sort of, I think, I, I think it was when we were recording an episode, I suddenly sort of went, 
this is the first time when I've been in a space with this many queer people before. Like, previously I'd been, like, in a room with, like, one or maybe two people. And I was like, this whole building is full of queer people. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is amazing. So, I guess that that is kind of, like, IRL experience. But I wouldn't have got that without being online and sort of being a very sort of quiet, not... Um, the vocal part of other online communities um, the kind of one of those people that sort of sits and watches things from afar on, online without getting too involved um, so yeah but if I hadn't been part of those communities I wouldn't have known about Ruckus and then wouldn't have had that experience of being like oh my god there's so many queer people is this what the world's going to be like <laughs> and like now have this really wide and varied group of queer friends that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't, I've gone to Ruckus. Oh. No, I feel the same. I feel like a warm and fuzzy. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of weird because it was like seeing all of my Twitter, but <laughs> real people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think also for me, as people definitely a Ruckus, like Lena particularly, um, and Sana, um, and to an extent Rowan as well. Like Rowan did a workshop at Girl Code about four or five years ago, which I was at. And like decided that what a content I was making that was like the start of my YouTube chat YouTube channel for serious, um, so that was like a big like coming of circle. It's like ah, yeah. I'm here. But like people like Lena and Sana in particular, I've watched them and I very much like, uh, like learn from them and like I wanted to be like them when I was younger. And now I'm in a position where we we could go for coffee. Yeah. It's very interesting the way we traverse that kind of like online versus offline and how we build relationships and boundaries and yeah i'm just i'm just fascinated by all of it but i think it i think i personally see it on the side of like positive rather than negative like i don't think that's yeah i think i think it has to be uh, yeah i think it depends on the situation but yeah i think there can be i I think it's kind of like any space yeah. In that it can be very negative and it can be very positive. It's just like the world yeah. is very positive and very negative, and I think that the world's negative since when? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's just me. There's no turn down that. your TV. In the last <laughs> no, 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 week. no, no, no. Have a turn for it on and off again. <laughs> I think you need to. Um, but yeah, so I think the internet is very reflective of the real world in that sense in that it reflects all the good bits and all the bad bits and that because when you're online you've got a much bigger scope for picking those things up so yeah you can look at it as um there's more opportunity for you to open yourself to all the negative things that are online but at the same time you're opening yourself up to all the positive things that come with being online um and i think um, being online has been way more positive for me in terms of um, learning, sort of educating myself, um, finding out who I am, meeting like-minded people, you know, like you were saying, finding out about events. And I think it's been a lot more positive than it has been negative. But then I'm saying that from the perspective of somebody who has, like quite limited social media presence and yeah you know doesn't have a huge amount of interactions online so i think that when you have a bigger audience then that's going to be quite different yeah yeah like i also have 
have been very specific about not having a big audience online and like I do attach a lot of importance to my own privacy so like mm-hmm. the only place where my full name is anywhere online is on Facebook but my Facebook is completely locked out of any other account like I don't do sign in through Facebook because I don't want people to be able to find me because my life as I show it on Twitter is not the same as the life as the in the way I exist on Facebook like the only way I actually exist on Facebook is through events and messenger like I don't do Facebook anymore like I don't post things I don't really interact with anyone on there apart from these very specific pockets of Facebook so groups so for example the Ruckus Retreat group has been great and then camp as if it was you're in like the internet is this massive house with with like hundreds and hundreds of doors and on Facebook I'll like go to the basement open two doors close them leave again but like on Twitter I'll go through the house and open all the doors and be like hello what's going on around here oh I want to learn about you and stuff like that and I feel like there's this kind of thing through Twitter where you can leave your echo chamber um where in in a way that you can't really do it on Facebook because it is just your friends and if you've been brought up in a kind of white middle class environment then all your friends are going to be white and middle class Mm. um whereas through Twitter because you can follow anyone you can be like oh I I want to learn more about this thing I'm going to hashtag yeah something and Again, to go back to the kind of educational aspect of the internet, I feel like I learn everything I know about life from Tumblr for ages. <laughs> like, now yeah. I've talked to people and I know a bit more, but like back in the day, back when I was coming out and when I was coming to terms with who I was and stuff like that, like we met with my girlfriend on Tumblr. So Tumblr has been huge for me, but like I've not been on Tumblr because it's become gross, we all know this, but like there's this kind of in a way twitter has become what tumblr used to be yeah 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 i would i would say that for a few years i used tumblr a lot and it was very important and i didn't really use twitter at all and that was completely reversed i'd say now what do you think of the new tumblr rules that are coming into effect that's so dumb oh it's so dumb it's like i feel like i can understand where they're coming from but they're doing it they're doing it wrong. Badly. Yeah. Because I know, like, the, the idea and behind... And also Tumblr. Yeah. Like, of all the platforms. Of all the places, yeah. Mm. The, like, the platform that has had the most, fr- like, kind of lax rules on things like pornography or, like, nudity and was generally quite a safe space to talk about, like, sex or sexuality. Sex, yeah. No. And... Bleh. Like, they, I think they did it for good reasons. Like, if you look behind their reasons no, for doing it. But... There are other companies that have just invested like, in their it's infrastructure. It's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. It's, I feel it's like a quick fix. They've, well, they got removed off the Apple store, that's why. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's yeah. why it happened. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. so they, they got removed and then the way... Because sort of, it was quite interesting removed? hearing it sort of be reported online and then hear it like... Because I was doing a lot of driving when it happened, so I was hearing it on like the actual news and the way it's reported is really different but, but the way the sort of the actual news was reporting it was like it's been removed from the app store because of the amount of child pornography that's on there um but it's it's very knee-jerk it's, you could spend more time fixing it properly basically all of their systems are done automatically that's what basically the, all, all of the tumblr systems are run on automatic yeah. and it missed some child pornography apple banned it from the app store so tumblr's okay. response was to ban everything Apart from Nazis. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amazing. That's literally... But we've now seen that, like, it's flagging the, the, the new automated system, which isn't even in coming to effect yet, is already flagging things that are clearly not inappropriate, like drawings of robins. Um, no, but it's kind of like the thing that happened like, with, with YouTube, where they were like, oh, we don't want any, like, problems with advertisers, so we're just going to ban all the quick content. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's fuck even off. better, because they did that through, um, they did that through, like, machine learning. Yeah. It's just... Like, ugh. it's. I think it's really... Problems of being a queer creator on platforms that want your diversity points but don't want to support you is a whole discussion yeah. because it's just, and it's also I think it also comes down to when like when you make your podcast for example are you making it like is there an audience that you're making it for are you making it specifically for the community or are you making it for people who aren't in the community or I feel like everyone can like... everyone everyone needs love. I feel like everyone can benefit from it because, like, at the same time, yes, the people who will listen to it are people who are very much in the queer community and who know already that there aren't any other representations where it's, like, actual, actually representing what they know. Um, So I think we get these people, but then if more straight people listen to it, then I feel like maybe things would I change quicker. I think a lot quicker. of people don't realise that that's, like, representation's even a problem. I think That's like, the thing, is that they're like, no, but you have so many gays in every show now. You even have shows with only gays. And it's like, no, but you don't get it, do you? Like, how many of them are alive? It's like, how many of them don't die after two seasons? Two seasons? That's a bit generous. <laughs> Should do a show that's just, like, all the queer ghosts of other TV series. Oh, uh, yes, oh and they God. just hang out they in just queer heaven. Hang out together Can and someone like... make that into, like, a... Yeah. Weird <laughs> I will write it. Just Alexa, just just being there. I mean, I, I see. I'm everyone. a terrible game that I haven't consumed a lot of like queer media. I haven't really. <laughs> I've consumed all of it. Yeah. That because, the, like, we, that's how the podcast works. Is yeah, one that's consumed yeah. none and one that's consumed. Yeah, because we do like when we do the queer scale. Oh, it takes it. I dread it when it's my turn because I'm like I have to think of two examples of some kind of media, <laughs> and I'm like I've already used all of mine. I literally used them all in series one. I don't have to like have to go do some serious research now. <laughs> serious, like, serious Netflix is not serious <laughs> research. <laughs> But it's like, or like people will like recommend things and they're ever, you know, like, I'll be like, oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's me every time someone mentions the L word. It's like, yeah, totally. It's Absolutely. bad. Do not watch the L word. But like, kids, that's my advice for today. It's bad. See, I, I know it's bad, but I feel like it's a rite of passage. But I've, I've only watched a few episodes. And it's bad, isn't it? It is really bad. I know. <laughs> But like, but I feel like I would understand things. so many more things <laughs> if I had watched it. Yeah, how much of the community is predicated on media that we? Do you know that there's a statistic about how many people lie about having read 1984? Really, people lie about that. Yeah, so it's there's an episode of QI I know oh. that they do it where like they ask the audience how many people have um, seen 1984 and the cracks in goes because like I think it's on like half the people who say they've read it have it or a quarter <laughs> haven't read it. And lots of people say they've read Ulysses as well, and I'm like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. <laughs> I had to write an essay on it for uni, and I only read the first 300 pages. The first like, 300 pages? Yeah. Oh, it's like a doorstep. I actually used to use it when I couldn't reach stuff on top of my wardrobe, because it's oh, massive. You you're tiny little. I'm so small. <laughs> I'm just, like, burrowing into my hand right now. I bought this, and it's 
It, it does, does look like wearing a blanket. It is. I brought it just to like, sleep in, but it's. I'm also wearing shorts in winter, which is a is a look. Not so loud. Okay. Um, what was I gonna ask you next? What are the plans for the podcast going forward? Ooh, in many plans. <laughs> many plans. We have many plans. Oh, good. Um. I even wrote them all down in a list. Yeah, <laughs> we have a list. Like, you do know that writing a list is not the in a nice notebook is not the same. <laughs> I'll have you know that I actually wrote the list twice. Um, because was, I, was it not neat enough the first time? No, <laughs> I wrote it down when A and I were on Skype, and it was all over the place. It was, and then I rewrote it in a nice pen, <laughs> and then still haven't done any of the things that were on my list of things to do. Oh, I still have high know this was how it was going. <laughs> So no, we have plans for a season two because we both really enjoyed doing season one. So yeah, season one was a bit like we'll put this out there and see what happens. And if that was me in my like first three it. episodes. Yeah. Although I didn't do a series because I'm not apparently organised enough for that. Well, we only did a series sort of by accident in that like we recorded seven episodes over the course of the rest, and we were like. Well, that's a series that was then, isn't it? I know. I, know. I, didn't, <laughs> I ended up not going to half of the workshops I planned on oh, going that's to. What we did. <laughs> yeah. I just went for walks in the hills. Wow. Yeah. I did not leave the house for three days. No, you didn't. Did you I not? Didn't, no. Well, if that happens again, like I became, it's really interesting. I became a person that took people on hikes at six a.m. Like with cups of. I just don't know what happened to me. I also discovered that free tea and coffee. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I tried yeah. to forget about it. Like, I didn't go into that room where they had the tea and coffee because I was like, if I go, I will just not sleep for three days. I also, I also had a really good bath. That was the best nice. thing. Next, if they're doing it in the same place next year, all the rooms have baths. So I'm like, wow, yeah. we are, because we got lots of great queer recommendations from people this season. So we've decided to make them all because they kind of got lost in the Twitter threads. And so we're going to make a big Twitter thread of it. And that should have been Doc. done by now. That should have been done by now, but it's fine. Um, and a Google Doc with all the uh, queer recommends that people had. Um, we want to introduce this new segment um, to the podcast. Yes. Um, so we want to, because we've, we've been focusing on queer love stories and that's our thing and that's what we want to keep on doing. But there's lots of really cool people that we'd like to talk to. Um like you, Ellen. <laughs> I didn't know this. They just turned off and were like, we're going to interview you about yourself. And I'm like, oh God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we want to try and introduce like a queer creators um, thing. So the, the majority of our episodes will still be focused on the queer love stories, but sort of... Some of us are sad and alone and too productive to have wives. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep that as yeah. the like, tag <laughs> That's, yeah. That's going to be the subheading <laughs> for the episode. Yeah, so like every third or fourth episode, we'll like try and do a queer creative things because we want we want to share more of the really cool content and things that are being made by queer people, and just want to talk to people about their work and stuff. We, uh, podcasts still haven't been flagged for most of the stuff that everywhere else has been flagged for. Yeah. So whilst we're free to let other people tell us about the really cool things that they do. And we're just going to try to do that. Uh, so that was the plan. What else was the plan? Finding more people. If you're queer and in love. I.e. if you're my standard audience. Oh no, to be fair. <laughs> if you're queer, that's that's an easy box. If you've ever been in love, I'm not sure that any of my my, my <laughs> souls, but we'll try. <laughs> well, if you don't have a soul, but you are creative. Yeah, <laughs> then basically. Could, you're either creative up. or in love or both. 
as long as you're queer, queer we want to hear about you but actually some of our love stories aren't about people who are in love we've kind of mm got a very loose definition of happy endings so it's it's sort of if you're happy now or if you had an experience that made you happy in your queerness that you know in our first series we had a divorce story we did which like you think oh divorce it's not quite a happy ending but it was because you know the person telling the story is in a much better place and is happy now so we're quite conventional love stories need not apply yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) unless it's really really fucking adorable (laughs) and then i want it (laughs) yeah so that's the thing. Contact us at nobody dies pod on Twitter. Or email us at nobodydiespod at gmail.com. <laughs> Listen Be- to all our episodes yeah. of our first series. Is there an episode <laughs> in particular that you personally like? Oh, it's so hard to pick. Mm, it's only seven and there's two of you. <laughs> um, I am going to say Bible Guy because I think it touches upon really interesting stuff and being a massive uh, atheist myself, I absolutely know nothing about... Uh, the intersection between religion and queerness and I think it was very eye-opening to hear that kind of story. Yeah, I, I found that one really interesting and it was the the first slightly, not serious, but it was kind of the first episode that we recorded where we went a bit more in-depth and had a bit more of a proper discussion and I really enjoyed that. I'm going to recommend the Lady Farthington episode. <laughs> of course. <laughs> which is the divorce story. Um, is this exactly who I think it is? Of course it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, yeah, some of our episodes... Not, by the way, just to clarify, not all quiz know each other, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> Ellen knows everybody. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, some of our episodes, actually, Bible Guy and the Lady Farthings one are codenamed, um, because, you know, not everybody wants their yeah. real identities to be revealed. But, yeah, Lady Farthington such a good storyteller that's a great name for them so funny yeah. Yeah. well actually Lady Lady Farthington the second is the full name her, yeah. her proper title so yeah Bible Guy and uh, Lady Farthington lovely talking to Siobhan and Abe was a really wonderful experience please please go and check out the episode of And Nobody Dies in This One that we recorded together it's also out today so you can catch up with that right now it's been really exciting relaunching this podcast. Thank you so much for all your positive feedback. And remember that you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter now at never read comments, um, but with the never like NVR because character limits, eh? Anyway, I hope you all have had a lovely week and I look forward to sharing next week's episode soon. Love you. Bye.